and welcome to the McYappin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And uh, we have a special guest with us today, Mr. Leon Tan. Buongiorno. Leon Tan, Dragon Slate. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Give Introdu- us, give introduce us yourself because it's been a while since the last time you were on. I signed a lot of NDAs. I can't talk much. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, as per usual, we're going to be uh, doing a little bit of movie news for you, and then we're going to have some reviews. I don't have shit. I don't have any reviews for you guys because I was too busy catching up on the, uh, the season four of Game of Thrones. It's I know. Fucking I time. know. I suck. I suck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took so long. Have you finished it? I finished it. Yeah. Damn. It's 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 fucking awesome. It's amazing. Right? Yeah. Uh, but that is my excuse. I think it's a pretty good excuse for not having seen any movies because I was trying to catch up with Game of Thrones because um, Ian over here was. Very upset that he couldn't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like for God's sake, man! It's been what two months, three months since it finished. Oh, yeah, at least you watch it. Yeah, uh, diligently. Are you uh, are you up to date? Yes, excellent. Yes. Generally up to date the day after it airs. You're in very the US. good. You're very good for yeah. someone who never has any time. You you manage to watch it's, everything. It's generally like I don't have a water cooler anymore, but it is water cooler television. Like you got to watch it right there and then. Uh, that's why I never stay near the water cooler ever. I mean, I- I'm amazed that I actually spa- stayed uh, spayed, that I actually stayed uh, spoiler-free. You did manage to I stay did. completely? Completely spoiler-free. Uh, how did you survive the tsunami of reactions from two or three major moments in this season? I think he's really, really anti-social. Right, right. No, oh, I mean, anytime I anyone that. talks about Game of Thrones, I'm like, shut the fuck up, or I leave the room. That's and generally your reaction anytime anyone talks to you. That's not, mm. no, that's, that's only <laughs> true some of the time. Anyway, um, so yeah, I don't have anything to review. Uh, what are you going to be reviewing, Ian? Uh, I'll be reviewing Disney's Maleficent. Um, Shit, Maleficent was like last year. Yeah, no, but neither of us had seen it. We had uh, a question we never answered. It's going to be a short review. It's a short review. <laughs> wow. And two this new releases. This is an up-to-date podcast. That's Dracula sure. Untold and Annabelle, the uh, spin-off. Boom! Up-to-date. Oh, okay. yeah. Annabelle and uh, Dracula Untold and Leon. And I uh, happened to watch Outcast yesterday. So this is a world-exclusive review. A world-exclusive yes. review. This is the uh, Nicolas Cage, Hayden Christensen movie that got That's just right. got pulled from its release yeah. in China, hours before its uh, in, hours before previews. Yeah. yeah. Although Nicolas Cage hadn't been. been there, right? It was, it was only Hayden Christensen was stuck in the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Well, I'm sure he had a few things to do. Yeah. Yeah. The cage had other matters to attend to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I think you had, I think you had like another seven films to shoot that that <laughs> night or something. <laughs> I think the Christian faith film. It's like every time Nicolas Cage does, you know, you think you, you want to write him off, and then he does something like Joe, which I hear he's amazing in, and then he does something like fucking Outcast. And I hear that the new movies, the Christian film Left Behind, is atrocious as, mm. as well. But uh, anyway, if uh, you would like to uh, follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at, at Gavia. Oh, you can follow me at my Nasty Prime. And uh, Leon, if anyone wants to follow you, how do they go about doing that? Well, don't bother because they uh, make you up and um, <laughs> like nasty. I'm gonna follow you. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> that isn't so true. <laughs> do you have Twitter? Uh, maybe. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Yeah. Uh, that's not. That's not true, it. people. If you follow us, we'll. You know, I'll. I'll screen you, and if you look somewhat psychotic, I might follow you back. Yeah. Somewhat psychotic. <laughs> yeah, PM me, I'll tell you everything about it. If you're it. dressed up as Harlequin or something, yeah, I'll probably follow you back. Okay. So, kicking off with news, it's mostly, again, we're heavy into just trailer season. The, yeah, it's, there's been a lot of cool trailers. Interstellar. Uh, but um, there has been. So, that's the thing I was going to talk about. Like, Interstellar trailer treat, we usually have a rule. We try to keep it to two trailers. Right. Because after two, you start ruining the movie for yourself. Um, I haven't okay. watched the final trailer. I mean, two trailers for the same film. Yeah. 
Right. Because usually there's like a teaser, and then there's trailer one, trailer two. Like fat, like the last Fast and Furious movie had like six or seven trailers. Yeah. I mean, well, as, a, as a result, as, as a I I don't look at TV spots at all. No. If it's either. a TV spot yeah. that's publicized, then my yeah, TV like, yeah, spots yeah. are like yeah, it's like junk food. Yeah. 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 But I wish I had unseen the first two trailers of Interstellar. Because the third one is fucking awesome. It's really good. Like, I tweeted straight away that, like, I'm it's, going to fall deeply in love with this movie. It's like, if you're weeping like a baby. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point now where I've seen enough. Yes. I just, I just want to watch the movie. Very I, much I so. haven't seen the final trailer. Yeah. Uh, so the first two were enough for me. Well, it, from your Game of Thrones story, you should have no problem avoiding it until it comes out. Absolutely. <laughs> but Matthew McConaughey dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Did you see the shot, though, of the weird robot walking yeah. thing? Yeah. It's, like, f- it's like Minecraft thing going on there. I don't have to go out for spoilers. Yeah, yeah it's, it's right It's not here. a spoiler. <laughs> it's a literal, it's a very weird thing in the People shot. People get like, ultra sensitive now. Like, it, we don't, don't spoil the trailer. <laughs> used to be don't spoil They've also movie. said, what, this is like... Three hours long, two hours forty nine minutes or something. Is it? Yes. It's, it's no one's longest movie by far, so there's no really? enough, there's there's plenty not to spoil. Which Long, is great. Longer even than what the, the last Dark Knight. Yes. Yeah, it's his longest. Inception. Film. Inception felt like forever. Nolan is slowly turning into the Sunny sci-fi Derek. Peter Jackson. Right. <laughs> That's just nasty. Movie, just movies. Just. It depends how many endings Interstellar has. That's right. Up until now, he's generally only had one ending. That's oh, right. there was two at the end of the Dark Knight, wasn't there? There was, there was, there was. <laughs> there was <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it does look like they do tie the space stuff and the Earth stuff more together more in this. Yeah. And it just looks like... They flesh out the story a little bit more? Yeah, they're going to be astronauts in trouble as well. So All right. Sounds... Well, I, I imagine yeah. imagined so. I didn't think it would just be them fucking checking out the sun. Yeah. <laughs> gravi- gravity meets Armageddon. Another... Um... Meets Feel of Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even the other trailer had a slight Field of, field of Dreams vibe to it, which I have zero issues with. Yeah. Uh, another uh, ca- bit of casting news, you know, uh, is uh, Joaquin Phoenix has confirmed that he will not be playing Doctor Strange. And Ethan Hawke allegedly is in talks and has supposedly taken the role. Yes, I heard that too, but... Um, but it's this is, I think it was Deadline or someone said, oh, he's in talks, he's confirmed, and they're just, they're just confirming the actual contract, but... I don't know. Ethan Hawke's a bit old for a six six movie contract. Yeah, well, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was in his forties, right? When he did um, when he did the first Iron Man. I guess. So. Uh, I mean, Doctor Strange is in a yeah. Doctor Strange is young. Is in a spring yeah. chicken. I think Ethan Hawke is the right age. Yeah, I think he. Yeah. I think he'd knock it out the park. But mm. uh, that room. I mean, that's very much a rumor. Yeah. The the other the they're still banding around the other names uh, from before, which is Jared Leto, Benedict Cumberbatch, and uh, Tom Hardy. What has Jared Leto done lately? Jared Leto, he just just won an Oscar. All oh, right, sorry. For oh Dallas yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's did he release? Right. A, did he cut an album that's as well? Right. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. he might have done, <laughs> done a few albums. Well, Ethan Hawke needs to needs to work. Ethan Hawke does not need the work. Ethan Hawke's always working. He was the, he just did Boyhood. What was he doing before this, that? Ethan Hawke is having the probably he's peaking right now. His career. Really? Yeah. Predestination. Um, have you seen that trailer? Yeah. That Weird looks... looking little kind of... Have you ever seen Primer? Nope. So there's a trailer for this movie called Predestination and he's basically a temporal agent. But right. it's very... I'm trying to think, what was that um, the adjustment bureau had that? I never even saw the movie but the style of it looked kind of cool with the right. suits and everything. His time traveling device is a suitcase that when you set the numbers a certain way it's like there's a sudden inrush of air. It's like all of a sudden everything just gets everywhere. It's not, is it out yet? No, no. This is still coming soon but it's basically there's someone who's born of a paradox and he's using them to do like it's he's stopping crimes he's just creating paradoxes it's, uh, it's he's reteaming with the spirit brothers the the guys who uh, direct oh, they right. did daywalkers 
No. Yeah. Yeah. Same creative team that did uh, Daywalkers. It looks like an interesting take. There's something about Australian, one... right? Yes, Australian. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about one character becoming another character, or they want to stop a bomber. So that is like the whole kind of gist of the. The trailer's very stylish, but it's also what could you do? What would you do if I could put you right? Put the murderer right in front of you right now. Right. Kind of style to it. So. So it looks expensive. Um. It looks. It's. It. It. It looks. It, it looks indie expensive. Indie expensive, yes. Oh, you mean like in time or something like that? It's like indie expensive. Uh, it doesn't look as dumb as in time. Like okay. It does look actually it has a, 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 you know, a bit of a brain. It looks like it's got like a, you know, a slightly bigger budget than Gattaca. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of thing. Or else they're just reusing the wardrobe because everyone looks sharp. Yeah. No, but I mean, that's, that's that thing. But sci-fi is like when you don't have the money to splash out, you go backwards and you get old style suits and it just looks otherworldly and you know you can go sci-fi. That's what they did with Gattaca. And Blade Runner. Yeah. But they had a budget for Blade Runner. They had a budget for Blade Runner. They just had a crazy fucking lunatic director. They just, <laughs> they just stuck stuff on stuff and then called it other stuff and then they were away. But Ethan Hawke's having a banner year because he's got uh, the, the Linklater movie Boyhood, which is, and they're saying he's probably going to get an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor wow. for that. Really? Yeah. And uh, and his his uh, documentary he directed a documentary called Seymour something which which is um, uh, doing very very well in the festival circuit. He was recently honored at the New York Film Festival. His uh, his career was like had a look, had a career tribute. Oh shit! That's yeah. that's always dangerous when you start getting career tributes in your it's the end of your forties. Yeah. Yeah, but when you but when you're thank you for your time. Uh. Yeah. But uh, you know at, when the New York Film Festival gives you a career tribute, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, he's doing all right. Uh, he's, he, I just saw him in a small film called Getaway. He plays a yeah, driver one. The only thing it's I like, like a, it's like, like the budget looks like a million bucks. The only thing I like about that movie is just the fact that Ethan Hawke looks like he's having fun. Aside from that, yeah. I hate the film. It's right. fucking stupid. What did you think? <laughs> um, it's just it, it made me. F- it felt like it was a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like because when mean, we went on the trailer, I was like, that looks kind of it, cool, and then I could. It was a cool it. trailer. Yeah. it was a cool trailer. I mean, uh, I mean. But you watch the whole movie and it, it just falls apart after like twenty minutes. You just yeah. Unless yeah. unless you really really like watching Ethan Hawke drive, yeah. there's nothing there. Exactly. <laughs> and John Voight just like, mm, what <laughs> accent shall I do today? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> John Voight's always good fun when 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 you want like some nondescript. Middle Eastern, somewhat from the middle of nowhere, European villain. Yeah, yeah Anaconda. John, yeah, John Boyd does <laughs> oh, that God, shit. Anaconda. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Did you see there's a trailer for a movie, Jude Law's movie, Black Sea, where yes. his accent is all over the fucking place. Is yes. he Scottish he's or is he Russian? He's supposed to be Scottish. He's supposed to be Scottish. He's an awful Scot. Yeah, he's terrible. It does look like an interesting movie, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, Kevin McDonald, he's a good director. The Last King of Scotland. What was the other one you did? State of Play. State of Play. Yep. Um, so that, that one basically is The Abyss, but without the aliens. Yeah, it kind of looks like it. Yeah, it's like everyone fucks themselves up. Have you seen this? No. It's basically it's they're all. It's a good old-fashioned submarine movie. State of play. Uh, Bla- uh, Black, Black Sea. Black Sea. One of the one of one guy finds a U-boat. They reckon there's gold on it. They put together a crew to go out, but right. it's equal shares. Mm-hmm. There's a, a very ominous line in the trailer. Yeah. One guy says, "Well, at what point do you think they figure out when there's less people left, they get more of the share?" Right. Ah, I see. Because they've got like a dumb kid, and they've got loads of divers who are risking their like more than it's the like guys. I guess so. They got to get the gold out, and yeah. So it's a it's a submarine heist film backstabbing. Yeah. Sort of it's thing. a really slow getaway movie. Yeah, <laughs> underwater. Yeah. Forty knots. Yeah, and uh, John Wick is getting an IMAX IMAX release. 
Yeah, so that's the other thing. John Wick had a second trailer, and there better not be a third one because I think it's enough now. Yeah, that's enough. If there is a, the, the first John Wick trailer? I have not, but I know what it is. Sure. It's good fun. It looks it? badass. It looks really badass. And that new poster looks pretty cool as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I really like that, that yeah. new poster. The first poster yeah. was just his face looking forward, right, and right, his right. tie was a like an old school fuse on a time bomb. Right. Whereas this one is he's just pointing the camera, the gun at the camera, and just the bullet hole, the bullet of the the chamber of the gun forms the O of his neck. But right. it's just it's we spent like what 20, 30 minutes eulogizing about this trailer last week, last time we did a podcast. There's been so much holier than thou bullshit that you, that this this was. <coughs> it's kind of like the same feeling I had like. When, when the first Taken came out, yeah, you were just so happy to have a, a no a no nonsense balls to the wall action movie where some guys just beating the shit out of motherfuckers, yeah. And this looks like that kind of film, okay. And uh, and he With looks Keanu like Reeves, yeah, and he yeah. looks like he's having a blast doing it, okay. So like there's there's tiny segments of the trailer where he's like it's literally just like a second long and he's killed five people in one smooth motion, right? And it just looks so cool. Decided it's better to not produce and direct anymore. I don't know. He's uh, he's the executive producer of this film. <laughs> And uh, he's also. Producer doesn't mean shit. And he's also uh, he's because he started uh, he's got his he's got a motorcycle company, and so he's been directing commercials for the motorcycle company, and he's go to, going to TV. He's going to uh, cable. And isn't this his stunt team? Yes, involved as well. Yes. Gosh, busy man. But it looks. I mean, we talked he about likes last his week. Action. We talked about last week. Ian McShane's in it. Willem Dafoe's in it. Willem Dafoe's in it. Um, uh, Mikhail Nyquist, uh, the 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 yeah, the Swedish guy. Yeah, yeah. he's he's in it. Uh, uh, pa- pa- uh, Reek Reek is in it. Reek's in it. Yeah, <laughs> Reek. What's his name? He is Lily Reek. Allen's brother. He finally <laughs> yes, got he, him. Yeah. yeah, he's Lily Allen's Alfie brother. Alfie Allen. Yeah, uh, he's that that song. Uh, Alfie is it's about him. About yeah. him. Fucking just smoked out of pot. Yeah. <laughs> he looks it. <laughs> <laughs> he's great as Reek, though. He is great as Reek. You just you just you hate him and you you just pity the fuck. But recommend looking at the, uh, the trailer for John Wick. Just the first yeah, one. Just the sure, first one. Really, just yeah. the first one. And there was something else that, again, broke the rule of trees, which was, since the last time we podcast, Jupiter Ascending had a third trailer. And it looks like in their little break between moving their release date, they learned how marketing works. <laughs> Did you see the third trailer? No. It looks like a much better, a more interesting movie. I'll try not to, because I'm going to watch it anyway, so uh, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see it. Yeah. No, so, but this like makes me... Like, I'll actually want to go see it as opposed to go see it as some obligation. Because it looked like it, the, the other trailers were like a bit of a car crash. Whereas this has a sense of majesty about it. There's some really cool shots of the ships and stuff doing stuff in space that don't just look. The other ones were kind of. No, the first trailer was. Dull. Horrible. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it it looked horrible. It just felt. It just. I'll watch it still, but it just feels very pretentious. Don't you think? It's like this big. The, the Wachowskis do seem to be hell-bent on yeah. teaching you a lesson. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, exactly. It, ever, since, since the Matrix sequels. Uh, you know, don't, which less, is probably, less number one, don't have white people play Korean. Which is probably one of the reasons why... <laughs> it looks weird. <laughs> which is probably, why, one of the reasons, probably one of the reasons why I really enjoyed Speed Racer. You know, I, 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 although I did think you know, Speed Racer had no business being as long as it was... I still 90 don't, minutes, I just, I don't know what to minutes. make of that movie at all. I still don't if it, know. If that movie was around. ninety minutes, I would have loved it. <coughs> As it is, uh, with, the, with the current run, running time, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, it was nice to have the Wachowskis sort of like not try and teach me about life and mm. you know love and death and how we're all connected and shit. I literally don't have an opinion on that movie. I just can't figure out where I stand on it at all. It's just so it much all comes down to assault. The, the what? It all comes down to the chimp. And the, the dead chimp. kid. Did you like the chimp? No, I did not then like the chimp. you did not chimp. like the movie. 
What's the bag? The I first did... time that chip came on, I laughed my ass off. That was before. <laughs> that was before Scott Pilgrim, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Before. I think it's when the when the when the head of the the racing league is basically giving him a dressing down, and there's, mm-hmm. it's the same insane speed line stuff that they do during the races. I do like that section. Right. It's just like he's just having a conversation, mm-hmm. but it's got that crazy anime stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell what was going on in the races at all. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean bits and pieces. I could tell what was going on to begin begin with. By the time we got to the last race, yeah, you just like. Uh. Uh, and also the trailer for Inherit Vice. Now this looks interesting. I'm 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 so fucking. <laughs> when that cop bumps into Joaquin Phoenix and knocks him down. Yeah, Doctor, have you seen this? Uh, no. Paul Thomas Anderson's new one. Oh wow! Okay. Have you seen The Master? Yes. No. I haven't seen the master because it just didn't look like when you've got a limited amount of time. It's like I, it's amazing. It's a it's, it's a worthy. Oh. I mean, not worthy, but it's a feel worthy watching it. Like it's actually still good, right? I've heard it's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I've heard it's yeah. Amazing. It's just to get over that speed bump. Into I'm going to enjoy this, but I got to yeah. get into it. And I thing. saw it on glorious 70 millimeter. Oh wow! Yeah, so the colors were really warm and you know, very nice. Where did you see that? Uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Where? In- uh, <laughs> ArcLight. Okay. Arclight. Nice. Nice. But this looks like. Completely 180 degrees. Like Joaquin Phoenix looking like 60s Wolverine. He's got like long hair and giant mutton chops. Is just a. It's basically like a really bad detective novel. This could quite possibly be my my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. It looks like what's his name? It man? looks very very funny. Like just weird in all sorts of different so ways. It's better than Boogie Nights. Is it Boogie Nights? Is that him? I I uh, I mean just based on the trailer. I mean Boogie Nights. You know, it's a good film. Yeah, I don't think it's a masterpiece, though. This looks like a companion piece, though, on that it has it seems to have that wide-ranging. It's yes. very like it's like Boogie Nights meets The Big Lebowski in a way. Yes, it does, it does have that feel to it. Ludicrousness, but I mean, what's his name? Right. Um, the Japanese scene. What's it called? What's his name? Uh, Josh Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yes. yes, there's just a scene with Josh Brolin ordering more pancakes in Japanese, which yeah. is just right. him very being funny. like obnoxious, rude right. American, <laughs> and it's, it's just very funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, but uh, the master is nothing like. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, the master really is, uh, is quite serious. It's yeah, a very serious. Film. That's what I mean. This is a completely yeah. in, in the opposite direction. This yeah. looks like this. This, is, this looks like Paul Thomas Anderson's Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's the trailer is pretty stylish looking and very cool. Yep. Like it just gives off a vibe of kind of cool, even though its main character isn't. You know right, I mean? right. Hmm. Now it's also it's nice to see Joaquin Phoenix loosen up. Yeah, it's nice to see him play a character where there's actually like some some comedic value. You know, he's always been taking himself so fucking seriously. I don't know. You saw her? No, I didn't, the video? Oh, you seen her? I didn't see her. The points where he's playing the video game and her, you played the video game which been this is your favorite. Like, I want I want Joaquin Phoenix and Christian Bale to do a fucking act off like a Dumb and Dumber three type of film. <laughs> so this is the second film he's played. Uh, he's uh, worked on. This is not a special effect, people. Yeah. This is a real fucking thunderstorm. Yeah, this is Malaysia. <laughs> yeah. So Joaquin Phoenix, that's his second uh, uh, collaboration with uh, Paul Emerson, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Could be his views, maybe. Yeah. After the master. But he, I mean, he's worked, he did her with Spike Jones was No, that was, no, that was Spike Jones. Yeah. 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 Joaquin Phoenix is just weird. He is, but he's an amazing actor. Yeah. He'll always be commodious to me. <laughs> Am I not merciful? Yeah, it's hard to think of that. Man. My mother-in-law hates Joaquin Phoenix because of Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> it's just misunderstood. We're trying. We're trying to explain to her that, that you know you hating him in that film means he did a good job. It's like no, I don't like him as a person. What he did? What she hates him. What he did? What he did? What his house burnt down on the ground. 
piss on his grave. Uh, <coughs> what else we got? Uh, just today, a new trailer for Clint Eastwood's American oh, Sniper yeah. broke. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought every I just see sniper movies. I think of Tom Berenger and um, Billy uh, Zane. What was the other one? There was another one. Didn't the, the dude, Matt Damon uh, do one? No, no. Uh, it was uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg did a sniper yeah. movie as well, right? So I was just thinking of those, and thankfully this completely this re- looks removed these mean, from what I'm talking about. If, it looks like, if the whole movie's like that, it's going to be great. Yeah, it looks like uh, Clint Eastwood's The Hurt Locker for snipers. Oh. It does. <laughs> it does. I mean, it doesn't look like a Clint Eastwood movie. No. It, yeah, you're right. It looks like something Catherine Bigelow might do. Yeah. But even just the like the sniper and the home life and the disposable expert in this What is a Clint Eastwood movie, frankly? Yeah, you know. It's definitely not. Um, he's, you know, he's not Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys. Sure. <laughs> Did that you see Jersey Boys? I know. Clint I had no interest in seeing Clint Eastwood musical. <laughs> What was it like Mark Kermode said is like Clint Eastwood's way more interested in telling the wise guy's story than yeah. he is in telling the musical aspect of it. Someone else shoot the music. <laughs> Get off my slum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. It, doesn't, it doesn't very good. It's, if you haven't seen it, he's uh, basically Bradley Cooper lining up a shot or keeping an overwatch on something and also intercut what's going on back home. Like his life back home as well. It's based on uh, the biography of uh, Chris Kyle who is uh, regarded as the most lethal sniper in American history. Wow. And it's uh, even the blurb says there was like a hit out on him from insurgents because he was right. getting too much of a rap. Right. Yeah. Oh, so this is recent. I mean, it's uh, yeah. Iraq or something. Yeah, it's Iraq. Yeah. yeah. And wow. the trailer just came just just came out today. Yeah. And uh, it opens uh, in on Christmas Day in the states, oh. just in time for Oscar consideration. Just yeah. in time. So it's outcast, I think. In a beautiful world, you know. I wish that they, I wish that they had uh, that the raspberries were as big as the Oscars. I wish that they happened like in the same weekend and they were just as big of, a, of, a, yeah. of an event. Could uh, Nicholas Cage be going for a clean sweep this year? Well, uh, <laughs> he might. There's not Based many people it. standing in his way. <laughs> <laughs> every every every, every year, it's like, well, the actor ca- best actor category is incredibly crowded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The worst actor is not too crowded. Mm. Maybe Hayden Christensen. Because he stayed in China. Yeah. And he just deserves to win every fucking... Hey, maybe they won't let him out. Hey. Hey. Hey, Chinese government, are you listening? Did you see Broken Glass? You know like Anakin? You keep the fucker. (laughs) What? I'm just making shit up. You saw... Did you see Broken Glass? Shattered Glass. Shattered Glass. Yes, yes. That was the one that I said... That was the the only movie... That was the the only movie... movie. You can act. I thought he was awful in it. I thought he was good in it. But But he was supposed to be sort of like fake... Yeah, and I liked that. I thought it worked. He didn't. He 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 didn't have the hard part. Peter Sarsgaard had the hard part. Peter Sarsgaard was the boss, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the other guy. Yeah. yeah. Nobody even went that. I just didn't. Hector Hammond. He yes. had the hard part. <laughs> Hector Hammond gets all the hard parts. All right. Uh, last trailer. Then we'll finish locally. So it was a week ago, but it was the trailer for Michael Mann's Black Hat. Yes, I saw this. I saw this. You were nowhere to be seen. I'm nowhere in there. But I have to say, the inside of the RHG bank looks really nice on screen in those first five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're showing all that stuff. It looks like the stock exchange that's around the corner here. It's in RHB. Yeah. Right. The trading center over there. It's the power of... That's right, the power of cinema, yeah. Ian McNally himself has a role. Yeah. Not speaking, (laughs) but he's there in the bank. Walking somewhere in the bank. Even my friend who was right in the pit, right beside the actual actors, wasn't in it. So all I could time. think of watching that trailer was, it was like, "Hey, Tang Wei's looking for some SK two. 
<laughs> it's like she really, she must really need need some. Mo- she must really need to moisturize. Because oh, every time I look at her now, that's all I see is fucking SK two ads. <laughs> so I was, I, I forgot that there was a movie. I thought like this is a really intense ad. I kept looking at it, thinking Chris Hemsworth look re- looks really weird, not without Thor hair. I know, I know, it's bizarre. It's really odd. I don't know. There's no way. Whatever he's doing, what he's doing right now is not working. <laughs> it's all skincare and hair products on this podcast. It's like, <laughs> but I, I found that trailer to be underwhelming, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Having been on set, it overwhelmed me, it overwhelmed me with what they're of able course, to do. Of course, but, but um, I had a nice bit of start to that. But I get a distant perspective. Yeah. Didn't look I mean, it, it's well, got it, a long way to go if it's ever going to beat Hackers. Look at that way. Yeah. <laughs> Zero cool he Chris Hemsworth is not. Yeah, Hacker yeah. Planet. And there is a reason and, oh, then, swordfish. and fish, come on. How are you gonna beat swordfish? You yeah. can't beat swordfish. Yeah. yeah. Like right. the, the fucking hack the shit or while well, before, the before you have an before you have an orgasm and you're like that, you can't it's hard yeah, to do. Yeah, and like, Hugh actually, Jackman's acting in that scene was amazing. <laughs> he has to clap his hands. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and, but uh, all I remember is they had six screens on one desktop, and I was like, "Seriously?" And he's like, "Ooh, cool." <laughs> but there, but uh, I mean, it is still a January release, so mm. you don't expect too much. Yeah. Okay, we've got. Do we have any questions? Well, we have some other uh, industry news things. We have you know Leon here. Yes. Um So Netflix has signed a lot of deals. Yes. One of which looks like it's going to provoke all that war with the cinema chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel, mm-hmm. Green Legend. Yep. Uh, Netflix are trying to get it so that it comes out in theaters the same day, same, as, same, same time as Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. And uh, the not theaters, just theaters, IMAX. IMAX, yeah. 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 And the theaters mm-hmm. revolting. Revolting. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, they're not very good. So they are revolting. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not surprised. Well, what's your take on this, Leo? Well, you know, it's just uh, it's just people trying to figure out a new uh, uh, business model. Yeah, that's it. You know, and uh, we'll, we I, I have no real uh, thoughts on it except to see. Except I'm curious, like everyone else in the industry, to see how it plays out. Yeah, you know. I mean, um, there is. I think was well, someone at DreamWorks said like the pricing should be precise. So so much for the cinema, so much for your home, so much for your phone. Like yeah. one dollar for your phone. Five dollars for TV, fifteen dollars for cinema. Yeah. But if there's anyone that's in the uh, forefront of trying to figure all this out in uh, in a really uh, you know involved way, it's Netflix. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at Marco Polo. Yes. That is also to me uh, quite a great leap forward when you're gonna make uh, you know from what I'm aware to the grapevine, it's actually uh, more expensive than Game of Thrones. Yeah. So but they get more bang for the book here, right? Uh, sorry, they get more bang for their book here as well. Yeah, but even on a per budget, mm. per episode budget is bigger than Game of Thrones, and they're going to put it on Netflix, and you can download it all on December twelfth. One, yeah. one go. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Look, avoid spoilers, then shithead. That's insane. That is very insane. Well, I mean, like uh, we we can <coughs> we know people in the cast. When Marco Polo comes out, we can get Patrick Teo in here for an interview. <laughs> yeah, he's in that shit. Uh, <laughs> do you know what he's uh, playing? He's playing ah oh, shit. He's playing oh, fuck. Can you say an eunuch? <laughs> no, no, he's not playing a eunuch. He's playing uh, someone's knows, like, like the one of the main general's assistants or something like that. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, he's. I spoke to him about it. He's he's having a good time. And um, and um, uh, Thor Kalung played Manny and uh, took me to dinner. He's in the first episode. Huh. And he's got a orgy scene. The first orgy scene. <laughs> the first orgy scene will feature Manny. Oh God. <laughs> That's gonna be a winner. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get him in for that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> You're sort of playing in the background. Uh, I don't know. That is that is the new like bar though for all these 
like non-cable yeah, or cable shows or sure. internet shows. It's like time to, time to orgy or time, time to... Gotta have tits. Time to ask, time to tit, and then for men and women, because you got to have that metric yeah, overall. Yeah, we, as we started watching Outlander, and I think it was... We didn't think it was that kind of show because it's set in the 40s, but oh God, yeah, there was... Yeah. And time, to, time to ask is a good So it's, sex, it's sex position. Yeah. Right. Well, so there's so sex position in that case because there wasn't someone talking while someone else was having sex. Right. That's what Game of Thrones is really guilty of. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to say something that could work... Well, we're walking outside or whatever, but in the in the meantime, let's have some titties. <laughs> it's mostly Littlefinger gets those scenes. Yeah, hence his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like as as a as a consumer, I, I you, I, you I endorse got, this? Yeah, this I got trend? no issues. Yeah, I got no issues. But I agree with you. I mean, I think uh, what Netflix is doing is pretty cool. And it, I think if you're if you're an audience member, yeah. you know, if, if and I think the cinema's got to be careful in that they don't go the way of big music companies on like a stuff where they realize they're. You know, people sell numerous things, especially in the US where there are a lot of shitty chains, right? Mm. I know in Ireland, a lot of the, all the old, in Ireland, all the, all the old chains that were like 60s and 70s, even beforehand, where there was a ball and all that shit, they just closed the fuck down and then yeah. multiplexes came in. So there was no kind of, there are the small ones down the countryside, but even most of those are gone now. It's mm. just mini-plexes everywhere, which means you're getting a base, you're getting a decent level baseline. But so the US has a longer period, like a longer history of that. So there are still plenty of shitty theaters around. Right. right? But so if they're not bringing that baseline up or they can't produce something that makes someone want to go there, like it's the home capitalism, people will go elsewhere. Yeah. And if they don't figure out a way to make sure they're still a big part of the movie industry sure. while that happens, they'll just disappear. Well, but it's also, to me anyway, and I'm seeing it distant, of course, but uh, it's, it's, it's experimenting with this kind of model with the right content. Now, mm. now we're not talking Avengers 2 here. We're talking mm. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Which, despite its huge culture-bearing thing, isn't exactly a major, major, major blockbuster. So and it's pretty low can... budget as well. It's not going right, to be. Right, right. So yeah. they, they must have tested it. They must have <coughs> mitigated risk. It's the biggest know? experiment since that Tower Heist. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the question. Right? We don't know what they're doing with uh, this film in China, which I thought was strange. Yeah. What, are we doing? what are they doing with a film in China which should have some kind of traction? You know, like... I mean, how many how many IMAX uh, theaters can you play in Southeast Asia or Greater China? Not that many, you know. Mm. So where do you get that back? So they must either understand that they have found a, a niche audience, maybe in Netflix, mm. to be able to recover the cost and then allow themselves to experiment mm. on this sort of stuff. You know, so I don't know. Because ironically, I I actually think if they if they screw it up with a major theatrical release in the US, they'll lose money. Mm. They will lose yeah, money. Yeah. So it's not. They're not going in with your eyes closed. No. You know? so, so and there's a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Like There's plenty of movies getting released day and day, VOD and everything, yeah. in the cinemas yeah. at the same yeah. time as well. Just no one really cares. The right about. budget price point allows them to experiment, yeah. I would say. Yeah. But it'll be interesting when we do eventually get one of those big movies where you can just watch yeah. it. Yeah. And then we can, and then a couple of years after that here in Asia, we'll probably get it too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at Snowpiercer, right? He made 11 million on VOD, yeah. which is impressive. Yeah, very impressive. So people are starting to think, yeah, maybe we're starting to see this. And I didn't have to wait for that because it came out here first for some weird reason. Yeah, we have really good well, distributors I mean, you know, here. The, yeah. the Weinstein's were still sort of arguing over which cup to release, right? And we're in the middle, so apparently that that argument took place while the yeah, film was yeah. transferring across. Uh, you want? I sell you first. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I saw the cinema and I was like, I just I, there was no press release for it, and I, I just happened to look because it. Forgotten to look at the press uh, the screening dead times because you usually get press releases and I looked at it and I went, oh, it's fucking hot. <laughs> Let's go see. Yeah, this is just after reading the article. Put the article to the podcast for 
you know, they're arguing over the final cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It's like Outcast. You know, we get we seem to be in this uh, position where we're getting all the interesting, controversial films. Mm. And new. another handy thing, at least for me, writing reviews for other places, uh, the movies tend to open here on Wednesday, whereas oh. official release dates in the UK will all since be Friday, and right, the US yeah. might be midnight Thursday, if, yeah, if yeah, even. Yeah. So you not get, the week. Uh, there's been a couple that were a week or two later. And even Maze Runner, right? Like Malaysia, Maze Runner Malaysia and Singapore here. got it first, right? Malaysia was first on the MDB list. Right. <laughs> for the Maze Runner, which I thought was a really bad sign, and it turned out to be semi-accurate. Well, the, and the signal the, came the, out the, here. The, the, sequ- the sequel has been greenlit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh, I didn't like it. All right. Let's move on. Just also, Adam Sandler signed with Netflix. Yes. <laughs> the next four movies. This is not news. This is... Who fucking... can name the last four Adam Sandler movies? Uh... Punch Drunk Love. Blended. Is that the last one you saw? <laughs> yeah. The last one I think was Blended. Okay. With Drew Barrymore. Grown Ups 2? Grown Ups 2. Jack and Jill. Is that maybe 3? Yeah. And I don't fucking know. <laughs> Waterboy 4? No. No, no. no. Sequels to the Waterboy. <laughs> I know. I'm just Thankfully he's never done a sequel to Happy Gilmore. Point being, yeah. yeah. We, can, we can't even name them. I have no intention of ever watching any of those three movies. No, I... I I I grew tired of Adam Sandler a long time ago. Really? Yeah. I still think there is hope still there because he did make Happy Gilmore, which is one of the best golf movies. Ever. No, I think what he needs to do now is like what he's doing is like do a Jason Reitman movie, you know, like stay away from the fucking stupid comedy for a little bit be- that you're so associated with, so people can sort of get used to you again as mm. as, as a different thing. Because uh, now I just like you know I th- I think of him now as just repulsive. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Just so, you know, he, he, like uh, you watch the movies, and he's not even trying. Yeah. You know, he's not even trying to be funny or anything. He's, he flick? doesn't even give a shit. Switch, flick, um, click, click, click. Yeah. I think was the last one of his movies I saw. Right. Yeah, mine was somewhere around there as well. Yeah. You know, last movie he did that really sort of cracked me up was Wedding Singer. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah, that was yeah, a long time ago. ago. I was, in, I was still in college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's done some amusing stuff since then, but nothing that's really. Like really crack me up the, yeah. the way the way Wedding Singer and Happy Gilmore did. I always see him and uh, Ben Stiller as in parallel in a way. You know, Ben Stiller has way way more way, sure. way more talent. <laughs> but yeah. you know what I mean. I know I what mean, you mean. I mean they I have mean, a similar they, sort of. They produced this kind of movies. It's in that kind of. But IQ Ben Stiller and, balances it out. Yeah. Ben Stiller for every night of the museum that he does, he he does something else like a permanent midnight or um, mm. or uh, uh, what's that movie that uh, shit Noah. Was it no, not Noah. Noah. Greenberg. Greenberg, yeah. Yeah, Greenberg. So, and he does do interesting stuff, and yeah. he does, and and the stuff that he directs is also very interesting as well. Right. Plus, the goofy stuff is this is so fucking goofy. It's like Walter Mitty. Walter Mitty. I mean, that that's yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it has moments, has comedic moments, but it's it's essentially yeah. You know, he plays yeah. it straight. You find this song? You watch it? Mm? You watch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you like it? Um, once he. Once he actually uh, started his, started his travels, yeah, yeah, I really really liked it. Um, uh, the fantasy se- the fantasy sequences uh, got a little um, re- repetitive for me. Yeah, I, I I didn't particularly enjoy the fantasy sequences, although they were nicely done. Yeah, but the way that they were structured together, one after the other, uh, I got tired of them. Yeah, but once he actually got off his ass and went traveling, I thought the movie was great. Mm. And you noticed there were fewer fantasy scenes as it went on. Hardly yeah. any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because. Yeah, he was doing it. Yeah. He was living real life. Yeah. yeah, but I just felt kind of um annoyed by that point because like, are they gonna do rug pulling? 
Like, is right. the shark, it was, is hitting right. the, the shark, is that a, is that a fake thing? Like, I couldn't relax into the movie at that point. Right. And then they didn't, and I was fine with that point. It kind of took me out of the movie for that bit. It was like, which of this is real, which is not, this is real, and they'll play that angle. But it was not fucking Inception, so I should have just relaxed. <laughs> yeah, I should have. <laughs> How can you relax? One of the pieces of news that popped up uh, last week, did you see the test footage from Popeye? Yes, no, I did. I didn't. So this no. is Genedy Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky, is it? Tartakovsky. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it is done 3D. Popeye. Hang on, it's animation, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's animation, but it's 3D animation. It's computer generated animation. It's not Genedy Tartakovsky standard. Yeah. Uh, Dexter's Lab or yeah, it, Wars I, thought, style. I thought it looked pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. Well, like everything know, has that you kind know of. You know, he did Hotel Transylvania. Yes, right? yeah. yes, he did. He did. I haven't seen that either because Adam Sandler was in it. I've seen bits. I've seen bits of it. I've seen. I've seen like the beginning of it. And then the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen basically the whole movie then. Really, yeah, pretty you? much. You know I met him. Adam Sandler? No. Jen 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 yeah. Nice guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Oh, oh, that's great. And? Awkward moment. Yeah. Uh, oh, you met him? No, no, I met, I met him at Sitges in Spain. Mm. And uh, Hotel Transylvania was one of the key films. Mm. Yeah. It was kind of cool. I, I, my my uh, encounters with him were, were, there were two of them. One was as I went into the hotel to, to because we had a, a guest list and I was one of the guests for the festival. <laughs> and so uh, right under my name was his name. Nice. And he had just signed in five minutes before. And I thought, wow, that's cool. Yeah. I'm in good company. Uh, hell, let me just pick that name <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the, that afternoon I met him at a, you know at one of these uh, big lawn party things. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Nice dude. Just shout to him? Sorry? Did you talk about to him about his movie or... Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, generally just producer stuff. Producer stuff. Yeah, yeah. right, right. right. <laughs> we should probably move on to uh, reviews. Yeah, yeah, well, we will in a minute, but we could do emails first because we do have some. Oh, do we? Oh, excellent. Okay, Red Ranger uh, emails us and says, Will you guys be watching 20,000 Days on Earth? I don't know what this is. 20,000 Days on Earth is the uh, Nick Cave um, Nick Nick Cave. film. Cave. Nick Cave, yes. Oh. No, not Nick Cave. Nick Cave film. Um, yes, yeah. I will absolutely be watching this. What's this about? Um, this is uh, just follows sort of like a day in, day in the life of Nick Cave, um, and it's made up of... Um, so he's not acting, really. No, he's not acting. He's playing himself. Uh, but so it's a documentary, or it's, a it's, so it's based on it's, true life? It's a... From what I can gather, they're trying to, they're mixing it up a bit. So like, el- there it has documentary elements, but there are also um, scripted parts. Nick Cave's "I'm Not There," something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, it's got it's got appearance. You know, Ray Winstone turns up as Ray Winstone, just just as a friend. But but those bits are scripted. Right. You can yeah. tell like they're shot like an actual movie. It's yeah, not yeah. it's not like a fly on the wall thing. Um, and also Kylie Minogue turns up. Same same thing. So it it looks like they're sort of uh, mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a huge huge Nick Cave fan, so yes, I will def- I will definitely be uh, be watching it. Did you see the photo that they tweeted about like when like Nick Cave yes. met yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Greenwood? Johnny Greenwood, yeah. Have you seen this photo? They're just walking down the street in New York, and Nick, 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 Nick Cave is all like, you know, it's like it's Johnny Greenwood, <laughs> demon hipster kind of thing. Not demon hipster, but you know, demon lounge singer looking guy and. Johnny Green was just standing there in a backpack, kind of grinning. Yeah, <laughs> rock geek kind of thing. Yeah, no, that was that was very. I saw that picture. That was it's just cool. a really cute picture of these two guys that they're each their pose and everything they're doing say everything you need to know about them. Right. What's the, the cave is kind of standing at a weird angle, or he's doing something with his hands. It looks like he's like no way or yeah. some, some some shit. I, I can't quite tell. But no, that was a very cool picture. It's a very cool picture. I liked it. <laughs> hey, Mel Tuchel's from Trickster's World. Who's a Tony, back in Ireland, so you can probably disregard half this question. Who would win in a fight between Peter Jackson, Guillermo del Toro, and Phil Hogan TD? So Phil Hogan TD is the 
politician in Ireland, so I don't even know who that fucker is. So um, and for some reason it said Lego at Jerry Seinfeld as well. I don't know why that's at the end. Is Lego Jerry Seinfeld a character or something? Did his, uh, not that I'm aware did of. His, did he pass out on the fucking... Not that I'm aware of. You have listeners from Ireland? Yeah. Oh. Not that I'm aware of. I would say... Extended family? Hmm? <laughs> Extended family? I would, no. say, I would say Peter <laughs> Jackson would win. You think? I think Peter Jackson, deep down, would relish the opportunity to beat the shit out of Guillermo del Toro. Because he stiffed, she stiffed him on The Hobbit. Stiffed him on The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make damn busters, you fuck! <laughs> and I, don't, I keep seeing uh, Guillermo del Toro as Mexican Cookie Monster. He doesn't seem to have anything threatening about him. Crap his brain. Hey, hey! Hey! Hey, hey, hey! No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. Cool. That's not, that's not Gavin's uh, father-in-law. That's fine. <laughs> no, at my office, that was uh, one, of my, one of my bosses, Mike. Did we, we, I think we haven't gone an episode for six months where someone hasn't walked in at this point. We should probably just start flagging. Usually it's his in-laws that just walk in and say, hello, we're like right. podcasting. And they go, oh, we're sorry. Like, like, it's no, fine. No, it's fine. This is all on the podcast. Yeah, it's all on the podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, I would say Peter Jackson. Yeah. If I was Peter Jackson, I'd want to beat the shit out of Guillermo del Toro. Do you really think that Peter Jackson's happy staying in Middle Earth for another fucking decade? I don't think so. I don't know. He wanted well, to hand it off. It was his choice. <laughs> yeah, he didn't yes, have it to was. take. He didn't have to take that job. That he's the king of New Zealand. Right. That's true. That's true. But I'm sure. I'm sure he's, he's like, kind of given it. To I'm Neil sure Blockhead. he felt a huge responsibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah Neil's just Neil's just like waiting at the edge of the table for scraps. Yeah, exactly. What's he doing next? Yeah, yeah after what well, we did. What uh, was it? A horrible film he made. Uh, it wasn't was horrible. I liked it. Uh, Neil uh, uh, the oh, last one. He's though. got Chappie coming out. Oh yes, the uh, right. murderous robot or something robot. Yeah, the robot. Yeah. yeah. What's the last with, one? With Dave Patel. I can't. <laughs> yeah, man. Dave. Go from Matt Damon to Dave Patel. Dev Patel? Dev. I just like calling him Dave. <laughs> I, f- I can relate to him more. Like All right, Dave. Dave What's up, Dave? It's Dev. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave. What was that one with Matt Damon? Elysium. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. Oh, that's awesome. It just should have had, I don't understand. I mean, I wouldn't build a space station without putting weapons on it. Right. Right. Or a force field. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, a lid to keep the air in. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta vacuum seal that shit. Keeps so yeah, fresh. And the ability to nuke the site from orbit. Yeah, yeah. The only way to be sure. Yeah. Mm. I guess there's a line somewhere, but it's not in their mandate to have weapons on the station. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never a bad time for a fucking aliens quote. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's push on. Okay, to the peak. Uh, so Shani Debeuwe, B E A U E, my French is bad. Uh, says, hi boys, Meryl Streep is widely regarded as one of the greatest film actresses. Sorry. Film we got emails. As greatest film actresses of all time, which movies do you absolutely love her in? That's Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep? Yeah. Um, Death Becomes Her? Death Becomes Her? Abs- absolutely. Um, Mamma Mia? Fuck, ma- fuck that. <laughs> uh, Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. Come yeah. on, because she was having the best time of her life. I thought she was having she the best was... time of her life in Mamma Mia because seriously, we were the only two people laughing in that cinema. To see it. All the yeah. Malays were just sitting there going, You do that bad. Hmm? <laughs> they weren't even saying I would say for me, the first one would probably be Silkwood, because that's the first movie I remember seeing her in, and she showed her tits. And that was the. Movie. <laughs> Ooh, like four. That's your defining memory of Meryl Streep. It's like this bit where she show, just shows her tits. <coughs> no, and, no, and, no, and, uh, and she like just like rips it off, and, and then she goes like beat it to the guy who's working, <laughs> and then the guy like runs off. I thought it was Sharon that showed her tits. No, 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 it was Meryl Streep. All right. I mean. I've never seen that movie. What's it called? Silkwood. Silkwood. Kurt Silkwood. Russell is in it as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I. I About cancer, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, like you know, the like the, 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 the radiation. They work in a nuclear reactor. Yeah, nuclear reactors. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 
Um, so yeah, my mom, my mom showed me that when I was like really, really young. So that would be that one. And then the other two would be, yeah, be, uh, She Devil and Death Becomes Her. Out of Africa. She Devil's the one with Rose and Barr as well, is it? Yeah, She Devil, yeah. Um, out of Africa, you know what? I never saw that. Really? I could not bring myself to watch it. It just looked like the most boring film ever. I think that was around the time where. What, what was that? That was. That was 1986. 86. So that was yeah. the time where I remember everything the was poster. on VHS. And that, I remember seeing the trailer remember, on every yeah. single film we got yes. out of the video rental store. And I was like, I'm not watching that. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. Exactly the same for me. I saw mm. the trailer. I saw the poster. I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's not like one of those movies that you grow up thinking, oh, maybe I should give that. Plus, it was eight. Yeah, it's, it's not bad, and it's coming from me. Well, it won Best Picture, right? right. Yeah, yeah, it's it, not, it swept it's, the Oscars. It's yeah. actually not bad, but you've got to be in a frame of mind. It's like wanting to watch a uh, you know Rooms of View or Howard's End. I haven't seen that either. I've seen Howard's End. <laughs> I haven't seen Rooms of View. That was another one. That's on this, <laughs> this fucking trailer again. It's on every fucking movie. Right. We've seen Howard's yeah, End. Howard's End. Actually, I was dreading it. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't want to watch it, but I enjoyed it. Because you're a stage dude. <laughs> was it thrilling? It was, was, was very, very you know, tightly coiled. <laughs> everyone was just. There was a sniff of living it all over the place. About those, those movies, you just want everyone to just rip their clothes. Was that the first Merchant Ivory one, or that was the one that made it big? That was the one that made it big. Yeah, yeah they, they no, there, was, there were a lot before then. Fucking mm. rooms of view and James Ivory. Uh, that cat. <laughs> <laughs> he was a right. <laughs> Passage to India. And, and Natalie Merchant, right? Natalie Merchant. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Ismail Merchant. Yeah. Ismail. Yeah. Ismail Merchant and James Ivory. Those charlatans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Is that any, what is, okay, what did she do between the 80s and that becomes her? Or she did, she did a lot of stuff. She, yeah, did, she a lot. did a lot of stuff, but you're talking like... I got I No, got she did uh, Lindy Chamberlain with the thing, the... the, the the minor dingo eat my baby or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, she did. She's yeah. done. She's done shitloads of movies. Yeah, yeah she but did, like, uh, uh, you, well, you're supposed to pick out three, and those are the three I like. Oh yeah, but I just said, yeah, which love movies you love her in? That becomes as a weird movie. She I, I liked her in adaptation. Mm. Oh, she was in adaptation. Yeah, yeah. That was a great Nicolas Cage performance. Yeah, that was a very curly. She Nicolas was great in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? No. <laughs> what? You, I am being that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a look. Sometimes you can't remember. Throw some out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, that was Robin Williams. Fantastic Wigan. Mr. Fox. Who was she in that? She was the wife. Oh, yeah. yeah. The wife? The wife. Lions from lambs. Sodomite. The Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, the hours. Oh, the, oh, the hours. hours. Yeah. I, I'm still sticking to my my choices. None of these are screaming at me. They're good movies, but yeah. it, movies that I enjoy her. Yeah. I, like Meryl Streep, because she's such a consummate actress, uh, when, or at least that's the you know, the image that's projected. Whenever she does lets, a comedy, it's weird. Whenever she does a comedy and is and is having fun, yeah. to me, that's when I enjoy watching her the most. Like in The Devil Wears Prada, she's like she seems aloof, you know, and it's, it's, oh, it works perfectly. But it's like the character is slightly yeah. what you imagine her to be like. Right. But when she's goofing the fuck around in Mamma Mia, I'm like, this is a completely different one. Yeah. And it's like, you know... She's running up the hillside singing. The Meryl Streep of my childhood is the Meryl Streep from Kramer vs. Kramer and Silkwood. Mm. So, and, and, and that image stayed with me for pretty much most of my life. No, the French <laughs> lieutenant's woman. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> with Jeremy Irons. With Jeremy Irons. Jeremy yeah. Irons has had a, lo- a lot of... A lot of like torrid on screen sets. <laughs> <laughs> Rather. Rather. 
<laughs> and so coming back then to a question that um, yeah, Charles Donnelly yeah. sent us ages ago and we've only gotten around to seeing now. I had to post this now, or episode 3am. Why has Disney made Maleficent so touchy-feely? She's a baddie, the clues in the name. Why, oh, why? The tortured backstory. I don't need that. Why does everything have to be quantified? Get over it. That's a nice kickoff into Maleficent, right? Oh, yeah. That's good, yeah. 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 Let's get going with the review. <laughs> so have you seen it? So we can drink. Have you seen it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, why? I was not going to see that shit in the cinemas. And having watched it now, it's a story of Maleficent, the baddie from Snow White. And dear God, this is like... This is what's wrong with prequels. It's filling in things that don't need to be filled in. Because um, they're trying to make everything fit into the, the canon. In a way, but in a weird... Like, it's so many weird components jammed together. It's like 67 screenwriters got into a fight. Right. She's an she's an airy, you know, what you call it? She's fairy a, spirit kind of at the beginning. Her parents are dead, but we'll just move on from that. Yep. We're not really going to go into that, which could provide a lot of anguish and, you know, plot points that could be used later, but... Nah, we're good. And she meets a kid, and he's stealing shit, and like, there's a basically, it's a metaphor for rape. At one point, that pops up mm-hmm. to turn her slightly dark, and then turns her completely dark. Mm-hmm. And when she's decided to be Maleficent from Snow White or from uh, Sleeping Beauty, yeah, Angelina Jolie's doing like it's a completely different character from what she's been doing before. Like, it doesn't seem to be organic at all. Right. And then it turns into. Kind of an interesting movie, which I would I would have actually watched more of, which is her looking. She's cursed the kid to fall asleep when she gets to sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. And then for shits and giggles, she just hangs around spying on the kid, even though those three, to make sure she gets there. Yeah, to make sure she gets there, which would right. defeat the point that the curse is that strong or whatever. And she's made it so she can't undo the curse. Okay. But uh, those three little fairies from the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There uh, was Imelda Stompton's one of them, right? Yeah. Which is a freaky thing as well. The special effects in this movie are oddly, you know, it's like when you watch first saw Avatar on HDTV and you're like, that looks too weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The special effects of that feeling and it's Imelda Staunton's on a face for this little tiny fairy for half the movie and then it's Imelda Staunton. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of, you kind of see that coming, obviously, but when it's CG small Imelda Staunton, it's weird. It's real weird. Yeah. Um, and they're know, idiots. Like, this is the whole point of, like, what's his name? Um, Vickers. Um, um, Shato Copley, Shato Copley yeah. is like the most evil man in the world he and does his, play that version and he's cunning as you know he's a cunning and ambitious and he does this awful fucking voiceover telling you yeah. he's ambitious right. but you see it like two times and both he does it it's piss off and listen to give her more product development right. and then of course this mastermind who has managed to go from thief to king of the kingdom entrusts his daughter to these two essentially brain dead fairies three Three. Mm. They're awful. And then Maleficent decides to hang out and watch over the kid. And then it turns into a kind of a interesting comedy where there's a lot of banter with her sidekick, this crow she turned into a man just to fuck mm. around with. Mm. And uh, this whole relationship with the kid because when the kid wanders over, the kid runs off cliff. kid has a fucking death wish. They could have made a really funny movie out of it. Like yeah. The kid's like running for a cliff and she's like, oh, look at the beastie go. And then it goes off the cliff and then she's like, oh, fuck it, and saves the kid. No, mm. you got to get to 16. So yeah, she, and then there's bits of the kid like wandering when she's spying in the window. The kid catches her out, so she's the worst villainess ever. And the kid just kind of comes over. So again, the kid looks like it's had been dropping its head too many times because it's kind of, you know, it's her fairy godmother. She's that stupid. She thinks that's it. And also, Maleficent's behavior at that point is nothing but a fairy godmother. But none of that—that's not the character she should be based upon the horrifying things that happened to her earlier. Mm-hmm. And then. There's a big battle scene, and for so no apparent reason, she's wearing head-to-toe leather all of a sudden. Like, it's just 
So her cloak falls off and then she's just a dominatrix underneath. That is true. Yeah. And it's just... Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we put Angelina Jolie in leather? Yeah, and how about a dragon in there? Because the dragon in the other one, but the dragon's not her. It's someone else because she's got to look hot in leather. Right. And just... No, the dragon is the crow. Yeah, yeah the dragon's the crow. The and crow there's some shit with some wings that were cut off that I don't want to go into in case some idiot yeah. wants to watch this. But right. it's just... My girlfriend, I was like... I can see this from a car crash perspective, but I really don't know what my girlfriend's going to think. I said, what do you think of that? And I said, that was fucking awful. I was like, I didn't realize you didn't like it that much. Like, there was elements... I've heard, I've heard very bad things about it. Yeah. And it does... It, 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 it plays into the next review, the, one of the other reviews, because Dracula Untold does it way the fuck better of making a villain a hero. Okay, but if I may, Maleficent is not designed for us. Yeah. We are not a target audience. No, and uh, we're in the minority. The movie is a massive, yeah, massive yeah. The, the, the target audience really is... But a lot of that's off of the, of the marketing. That's off the... They're not going to see it. Like Once right. those kids see it, how many of them will be happy with it? I mean, fair enough. There's a plenty of colourful things moving around the screen. No, the first it's, half. it's not about being happy, happy, joy, joy. I think it's a tweener film for, for, for teenage girls or tweener girls. Mm. And it does be have careful dark, how you go at it with you might cut up your wings. Yeah, there are dark moments. Well, it's not actually uh, to me. It's not a it's not a morality play. Mm. It's just a story that is just enough to tell a fairy tale. A fairy tale which is kind of dark, but can be you know absorbed by tweener girls, mm. and they walk away saying, "Someone's finally given us a sophisticated story to play with." But do you know what I mean? It's but not it's not sophisticated. Sophi- it's enough. complicated, uh, or it's clumsy. It's enough. Well, for us, yeah, but. Look at this! Look at the fairy tales we grew up with. It's all bullshit. It, it, none of this makes sense. You know. You know yeah, but yeah, well, I mean, it's for the target audience. They, it they, works. They hit the target right yeah. on the head. Yeah. Mm. And you know, to to draw the dads to watch it, you've got Angelina and Jolie in leather. That's just it, you know. And for mom, it's uh, Angelina Jolie when she looks great in all these clothes, you know. Oh, well, I was watching uh, the first Tomb Raider uh, bits of it on TV yesterday, yeah. and it's like she's it, she looks so much better when she had a bit of meat on her. Mm. She's too fucking skinny. You're gonna get in trouble for this again. What? <laughs> no, I mean like when he talks about meat, it gets in trouble. But well, what's bad about that? It's yeah. like she's lost too much weight. Yeah. And they they have those weird prosthetic bones on it. She does look quite skinny in that yeah, suit. Yeah, I wanted to ask a question. Was was it CG or is it actual prosthetics? I presume it's prosthetics. Yeah. I, I mean, I heard. I mean, you saw what um, Captain America two with Peggy Carter. Uh-huh. That wasn't makeup. It wasn't. Yeah. Did you hear that? When, when, he, when Captain America goes to the yeah, old phone yeah, yeah, and sees yeah, his girlfriend, yeah, yeah. they so, just shot her and then digitally aged her. So it's the same right. technology you use in X-Men, The Last Stand, when they, right. when they gave uh, oh, Patrick wow. Stewart and the Amy I didn't know that. rubbery faces. I didn't but know that. Yeah, apparently they just de- they aged her. Because I thought that was, looked amazing. Yeah, it looks like, like makeup. Yeah, wow, shit. They've been de-aging, uh, you know, um, actors since... <laughs> well, I think one of the first attempts was, uh, or major attempts was uh, Tron. Tron uh, with uh, Jeff Bridges. Mm. Yeah, with clue. Yeah, everything. look, that was real de aging to him. Being yeah, but it's just that it just was a pity that it was like clue yeah. looked weird. Yeah, yeah. Was, there was a deadness. But you could always like, accept that because they were in the digital world. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. So since then they progressed. I just felt like there was moments in Melvin. Like I said, the banter between her, the whole concept of you know her cursing this kid and then kind of getting to like her. That was a kind of interesting. Mm. It was just that there was too much. They wasted a lot of time on things they didn't need. Too much flying sequences and things like that. I mean, it doesn't make sense to us, yeah. the general audience, but it doesn't matter to Disney. I know, but you think... I know it doesn't matter to Disney. But you, there, yeah. there have been movies done that do tick both boxes. Right. And I think it's a shame it doesn't. That's true. 
but they were very specific. I think mm. I don't think these things were not deliberate. Mm. I think they were very deliberate. I just thought the swings in the character were way off. And I think I agree, but I think in the end they they assumed that Angelina Jolie would be something that everyone would just forgive all the weird shit that happens in the film because she's there and she looks great. Mm. And intrinsically, it was sold on that. It wasn't even sold on the story. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was just sold on her being... Same with what Cinderella's been shown on the teaser of a fucking shoe. Right? <coughs> well, I mean, that's just a teaser. There's yeah. no... I'm sure Brandon will do more with it. They haven't but... seen any footage yet. Yeah. I hate that fucking teaser. It's just shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I've seen those. I've got loads of reviews. Do you want to jump into your review? Yeah, I saw... Our uh, world-exclusive review. Uh, of uh, that's right. Uh, Outcast currently the uh, topic of the industry. Yeah, with uh, China yanking it out of cinemas just hours before the first screening, I think. Yeah. Despite uh, a shitload of money being spent and marketed, uh, marketing and uh, Hayden Christensen and uh, Nick Powell, the director, was in China no. doing on a junket and nothing happened, right? So, uh, and no reason was given, right? I mean, nothing. So far, no reason. And it's really shook up Hollywood because now everyone is very, very, uh, even more, you know, kind of like... Uh, you got a bunch of co-production deals going on with these fucks. What's going on? Yeah. 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 And it's their Hail Mary pass now. Is like, well, we got international, you know, they fuck up in the US. Like, well, we got international. Well, we got China. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're getting Pacific Rim too, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that's not the thing to Oh, thank on. you so much, China. Yeah. Can't tell you how excited yeah. I am. China don't care. I know. Well, you know, through a uh, you know through through a uh, series of comedic events, Malaysia ended up being one of the first countries to watch Outcast in theater. So yeah. I thought I'll go check it out. You know, I've got quite a few friends who want to know what what kind of a train wreck it is, and it is really quite something. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me just say this: I mean, it's uh, the the script is shit, the uh, the directing is awful, the acting is bad. But it looks like it's being lovingly done, you know? I mean, the setting is great, costumes and you know, the setups. Clearly, they've thought a lot about wanting to make this film beautiful. Right. Then they fuck it up by having a really bad director. Oh, so it's like, directed by a production designer or something? Uh, it's directed by a stuntman. Yeah. So uh, it looks like he's doing his own stunts while holding a camera. So what you've got is... <laughs> so I'm not kidding. Because, you have a lot of shots uh, of his crotch? Well, no, it's just, it's just movement everywhere. And uh, all the great... Clearly, they choreograph really great fight scenes, but the camera keeps doing this, literally, just jiggling about, right? So you're, I, I got vertigo watching. He's using 1960s Star Trek... Um, yeah, yeah. Except, except that even moments when the film, when the, when the action stops, it's still moving. <laughs> like, dude, it's over already. You killed everybody. Fuck. Stop the camera, you know? And another thing is, I started getting out of the film when I, when I realized that he keeps cutting the scenes um, for no more than three seconds a shot. Really? Cut. Like every seconds. fucking scene? Yeah, three, four seconds Even cut. dialogue stuff. Two seconds cut. Yeah, exactly. Pan to the <laughs> next. <laughs> and, it's an, and, and even on normal sequences where it's exposition or couple of guys walk, you know on a on camels in a desert or whatever it so keeps cutting up. yeah camera keeps moving it's like trying to be Michael Bay in a way but failing miserably so you never go full Bay no. you never go full unless, Bay unless you're there's any Bay sunsets I, I'm serious I literally had to close my eyes for a few scenes because I thought I was going to throw up fuck I mean you never get that really no right? did you ever get did you ever get that would say Waking Life with the Blair Witch Project um, I never saw Blair Witch in big screen so I can't say Waking Life I did see on DVD but it wasn't had an effect. Yeah, I had friends. I had friends. I was okay with both of them. But I had yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. I was fine with both of them. I. Yeah. I never saw Cloverfield, uh, so I don't. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Cloverfield. Like, I, Patrick was telling me that he felt he nearly vomited watching watching Cloverfield. Mm. Cloverfield is okay because it only it's only in the first ten minutes or, or it's interspersed in the first. Yeah, ten it's minutes. space out of it. Yeah, yeah then right. it spaces. Out. This one is relentless and. Yeah. 
And it's think, not about a giant monster or a camcorder. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Asian yeah, med- medieval epic. So that, that's that's the biggest thing I had was that I couldn't actually see what was happening in the fight sequences yeah. because I was falling ill. And it, you know, I, I couldn't tell what's going on. I had to wait till the the scene ends, and I go, "Oh, he's still alive! Oh, he's still alive!" Well, okay, you know, it's that kind of thing. And right? what's uh, Nicholas Cage and Hayden Christensen doing in this film? Well, the the long and short is uh, they're they're supposed to be crusaders from. They sound like British, but their accents keep changing. So yeah, really, you know, for a moment that he they were channeling uh, Liam Neeson, and another moment they were channeling, channeling Bill Connolly. So what was a bit sure. in the trailer? It's like, how'd you find me, lad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, th- later on, there are scenes where um, where Nicolas Cage was supposed to be uh, there with just one eye. Yeah. And you think, you know, they've spent so much money on setups, props, clothes, makeup, everything. They couldn't even find a fucking eye patch for him. So he squints. He just does that. He just does that like a pirate. He says, <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. They took my one good eye. You know, something like that. And the thing is, when <laughs> he's... Cage is Popeye. Yeah, he's, he's squinting. And, and the thing is, he's, he's obviously... He can't squint forever, right? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. in the fight sequences, he opens up his eyes and he's there. That's hilarious, you know? <laughs> Hayden Christensen sounds like the, the you know the the drug addict guy that apparently he is. He's, really? Yeah, he's 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 uh he's an opium addict and you know. Oh, in the movie or in real life? Uh, no, um, in the film. No. Yeah, but the thing is, he because they're trying, they're struggling with their accents. They swallow all their consonants, I guess. So oh. All you hear is just guttural pup like talk. You know? <laughs> you know, like you know, God wills it. You know, something like that. So know, they're so. what the crusaders over there. Yeah, the crusaders in the Middle East. They go and they they do they commit atrocities in some. They get madly uh, lost. Yeah, and then they go. You know, I, I can't deal with this anymore. And then um, you know, uh, Hayden Christensen says, uh, you know, I, I I I shall go east. You know, and you know China's pretty fucking big, but they still find each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Middle East is pretty big as well, so they yeah, get exactly. there. It's like well, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Like what I mean by East, you know, and it says you know they don't find your kind past Baghdad or something like that. Awful script like that, right? Oh, really? So eventually, you know, uh, in a, meanwhile in China, there's a coup going on, right? This this uh, really benevolent king dies at the hand of his uh, uh, a warlord crazy son. Uh, when he was supposed to give his throne to the younger son, which is a child of you know, 12 years old or something. How could he do that? Is it a half son or something? Or is just said, fuck, I'm going to You know, I, 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 I don't get it. I mean, obviously, it's this whole, the eldest son gets the throne kind yeah. of thing, but obviously, he skipped convention. They never really explained it. Uh, well, he, I, he basically said, well, you're an asshole, and the younger, and, and, and my younger son is, is he's cooler than you, and okay, dad. Unless you're non monarchy asshole. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, you know, so he flees with this very, you know, um, hot looking sister. Who, who for some reason keeps wearing palace clothes when they're in the desert or whatever mm. so they're really easy to spot <laughs> you know like <laughs> did you just what happened to your Manchurian bitch put him on a blanket <laughs> you know she's just running with all this you know veils and stuff and this is hilarious like you walk into this pub or something and yeah very conspicuous yeah. you know what I mean so like this yeah. whole movie is basically assembled by idiots uh, I know. You apart know, from the sorry, it, apart from the set it dressing. feels like it feels like some. It, it was assembled. Somebody thought they were making a good movie. Yeah, it was. It feels like it was assembled by by businessmen mm-hmm. saying we're gonna make a movie in China. We're gonna take this thing and we're gonna we, we can't have it all uh, in Chinese. So we'll we'll get Nick Cage and Hayden Christensen who nobody really. Wants and we won't get it to speak in English right. either. Yeah, and the thing, you know, everybody speaks in English, even the, oh, Chinese, even the Chinese to each other, and because the Chinese. Uh, cast they they cast from everywhere right so some of them are American based so accents so weird yes, everyone's and, you know you, you can hear mainland Chinese English 
accent. Yeah. You can hear American English accent, and it's oh, like, what the hell's going? I'm gonna on? have to watch this now. Yeah, yeah. Because we were just talking earlier. I started watching Outlander, and right. I was shocked. And the second episode, when I remembered, this is right. on Stars. Right. Ronald Moore is producing right, this. Right. Exactly. This yeah. is an American program. This is post Battlestar. Everyone's accent is perfect. Like I presume they've cast Scots and English, uh-huh. but like I mean, there's one guy who looks. It's set in Scotland. It's right? set in Scotland. Um, but there's one, there's a couple mm. of English, I mean, there's a very plummy English actor who looks like he's in town, I guess. <laughs> Maybe they just use, but like, even if they haven't, if they've not used locals, like, it feels as someone who, you know, goes for a couple of hours, is constantly getting mangled, thanks to you Transformers 4. Yeah. I forgot to listen to the podcast, so we'll have to put off me giving <laughs> out to you about your opinion on uh, it's, uh, Transformers 4. It's the first season, right? Yeah, but it's just, it's, good. it's exquisite ac- accent acting. Okay. Yeah. Whereas this just needs to be the, the even a uh, freaking Game of Thrones is exquisite accent acting. Yeah. And they don't. It's not even a real world. No. It's like the Dornish will sound like the uh, yeah. Catalan, the the Oberon's accent is all that kind of flowery. Yeah. yeah what you're doing. Yeah. Then yeah. you've got um, the Dothraki is all different as well. Yeah. Stuff. And then you've got the really pompy ass uh, English uh, Lannisters. Lannisters. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. On the privy. What? On the privy. On the privy. You're on the privy. Genius son of mine. Kill the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was fucked up. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> well, like, I, there was, I just talk about voice acting because we're mm. where we are. Um, yeah. There's a video game called Destiny that came out. Oh, yeah. I and about Peter it. Dinklage plays your constant, your only companion. Like the story, this movie, has this game has less plot than five minutes of Outcast. <laughs> um, they forgot to put one in. Right. This is going from a studio Bungie that had like a horribly convoluted stu- uh, story for Halo, Halo games. Like yeah. it was, you know, you had to read books and play online ARG uh, mm-hmm. games Ugh. to figure out the fuck was going on. This is none of that. It's garbage. But it's fun to play. Peter Dinklage in that because he's not doing t- t- uh, just doing himself. Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah. It's just he's playing a robot, but it's just odd. Like it was a lot of. They did a beta where you can play the early version of the game to see if the servers hold out to millions of people playing at one time, and it wasn't. Final Dinklage, or as they call it, Dinklebot, like right. recordings, mm-hmm. and it sounds like he's reading the back of the ingredients of a packet. Right. That wizard came from the moon. Right. It's really, really weird. But just hearing him not do Tyrion, that could hurt him in other movies. Without not a, doing Tyrion is no, weird. Be fine. It didn't without a hint, X-Men. without mm. a hint of sarcasm. Yeah, it just is odd. Mm. Real odd. Even in the final game, it's still. I've enjoyed him in his non-Game of Thrones stuff, like you know, death, you know, death at a funeral. Mm. Uh, in in Bruges, um, yeah, and uh, you know, living in oblivion. I mean, the guy's he's done a, he's done a fair amount of stuff. But that was before the cultural juggernaut of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know, but he's but he's uh, never been ba- he's never he's never given a bad performance. Have yeah. you seen him in Underdog? No. Yeah, you should. Underdog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, That's super, one with the super flying yeah, yeah, yeah. superhero beagle. Yeah. Why did you watch that? Because he's got my kids. kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were watching. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And that was great. Holy shit, that's Tyrion. What? Holy shit, that's Tyrion. Who's Tyrion? He's in that Adam Sandler movie Pixels as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's got a mullet and it's, I don't know what's going on there. Mm. All right, so. Uh, wait. Uh, so go watch Outcast. It's awesome. But it's awful, right? It's gen- It's just awful beginning to end. It's, it's so good, it's bad. I, I, is it so good, it's bad? Is or, it so bad, it's good? Or to steal okay. another, to steal another concept from another podcast, is it a bad movie, Drinky Drinky? Absolutely. Get shit. Uh, drink every time someone I would speaks. say. I would say don't don't watch it on a big screen because the vertigo effect is huge. Yeah. Saturday night beers with the boys. Correct. It's a video night thing, and uh, you know. So like it's it's. it's What's like, your outcast uh, beer, uh, drinking thing though? That obviously doesn't kill you because of alcohol poisoning, but also like 
drinking whenever Nicholas Cage speaks, but also something you can do regularly enough to get drunk enough to it. Is there anything that occurs infrequently enough to do that? What, in Outcast? Yeah. Every time Nicholas Cage turns up. Oh, just every time he turns up, drink. Yeah. He just turns <laughs> up. Oh, I mean, as it is, he, he lit, yeah, pretty much every scene he's drinking anyway. Okay. So he's drinking with you. If he drinks, you drink. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Gotta give that a go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. You're really antsy for some whiskey, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Okay, so uh, last two. Um, Annabelle. So Annabelle is a spin-off from The Conjuring, which I've only seen bits and pieces of while I fact-checked. So, um, from what I gathered, The Conjuring was... Annabelle's in The Conjuring for the opening scene to establish yeah. the credentials for the Warrens, yeah. uh, Patrick Wilson and yeah. Thea Vermeer. Yeah. This uses pretty much that scene and then completely ignores it. What do you mean it uses that scene? Like, like the actual scene of the interview at the beginning of The Conjuring. Right. That's right. at the beginning of this movie. Right. And they say, oh, it was the spirit of a seven-year-old girl, Annabelle, who wanted to get into this. And they say, well, it's probably, there's no, there's no such thing as Annabelle that never was. Hmm. There was an Annabelle. She wasn't seven. And she was involved in some heinous shit. But it jumps to a year previously. It's this incredibly nice but bland couple. Nothing's happening with them. A horrifying thing happens to their neighbors, the Higginses, because it was Annabelle Higgins in The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of, leads over to their house and from there onwards you know shit starts to happen and mm. um, it's got a lot in common with Rosemary's Baby right it's more about like John is a bit of a, he's a bit of a he's a, he's a model and the actor's a model and he's, he's in the movie he might as well be like a lamppost most of the time like he's just off at work he's like alone 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 most of the time either pregnant or having given birth yeah. and there's that whole kind of you know, left alone and wrong too long, or you know, there's a few lines about you know, get to go out and have some conversation with someone again, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's like, is she going baby crazy in the house kind of stuff? Right. If they don't, thankfully, because you know it's a fucking evil doll. Yeah. They don't fuck around with that too much, but while they avoid that, they also do things like it's just long. Like the first forty-five minutes of the movie, I, oh, I felt like forty-five minutes. There's just teasing constantly of this fucking sewing machine. There's lots of you know the sewing machines are violent when you zoom in on them. Yeah, like yeah. They have all those guards and shit to stop you sticking your finger in there. But that thing is on screen. It's like it's like the shark from Jaws at the right. beginning of Jaws. That thing crops up over and over. He's like, just get to this already and move on to the next scare. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, you know, it starts in too low a gear. Right. Then it goes up a gear. It goes straight to six gear for this traumatic event to happen that, right. you know, tra- impacts the doll. Mm-hmm. And they do do clever things like move house. Always got to move house when nightmarish, demonic shit happens in your neighborhood. Throw the fucking doll out. And I'm like, hey, they're not dumb as shit yeah. and then they move to a new place and it starts happening again there's some effective scares with like cool things with a door and a lift that are really quite cool I really like what, what they did there mm-hmm. I haven't watched a lot of horror movies recently having not seen The Current Dream I'm not sure whether now stuff going on in the foreground while scary shit happens in the background is a it's part major of the trope now yeah, yeah that, that's quite when we now. saw that in The Strangers was the first time I really saw that done effectively and yeah, yeah, yeah. lost my it. fucking mind yeah freak, freak the fuck out have you seen that you know that movie you seen The Strangers no, no. with no. Uh, Scott Speedman and uh, Liv Tyler no no based it's on a true story there's just a scene where she walks in she you know the camera's way over here she walks in from the park distance walks up to the cameras looking around and stuff and in the meantime like the background's blurry it's harder to do I guess these days when it'll be hard when we get to 4k but in the background you can't it's just blurry shadows you know she's come from a, a lit right. hallway or whatever right. so it's just shadows either side just the kitchen right. and then slowly the shadows turn around to there's a guy standing there and he's had his back to the camera the whole time and he has a white face mask on but because he's wearing black he just becomes part of the background Right. and I yeah. saw that and lost my shit because him and the other people who watched the movie hadn't seen it yet Right. 
So we were around the back and we watched it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, it was one of the most scariest things I've seen. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, it freaked me out. This does a lot, it does some good work with that as well. But then it lit- kind of jumps the shark. Like, a demon appears and you see it. And it's kind of hard to step back to normality once that kind of shit happens. It's not like there's a demon at the window or could be a demon. But Conjuring didn't have anything like that. No, right? yeah. it didn't. Yeah, no, but it's it, Sidious did. Yeah. But this yeah, is like. But this is the Conjuring story. I mean, no, no, no. This, this, is, this is the thing. So, this is at the beginning of the Conjuring, basically, right. they do this interview with these people who have this doll. Right. And it basically establishes, like, these people are fucked. Right. Oh, and these Warren people seem to know what they're talking about. Right. That's all the scene does. Sure, but, yeah. but this is the part of the Conjuring world. So, yeah. so uh, I know there's Conjuring 2 coming <laughs> in, and we're yeah. Conjuring, and Annabelle is like a side story. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, I did some research. And Annabelle's, I think that like, it's, it's like, Annabelle's, Annabelle's like a spin off. It's not. Right. A, one of the things is that the actual Warren couple, the real Warren couple, right, right. like the Annabelle is the most famous case they have. It's a Raggedy Ann doll. Right. In the movie, it's not a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, it's the, it's the Amityville thing, right? The, the, no. No, Annabelle's a separate story. They have their own museum somewhere in the right. US. And Annabelle is a rag, you know, the Raggedy Ann right, and Andy right, dolls? Right. It's one of the, which, it might be more effective if it was that, because the movie doesn't answer the one burning question about Annabelle, Annabelle, which is, why the fuck would anyone have one of these horror, it's horrifying before it's possessed by a demon. Right. Why the yeah, fuck it's, would it's, you want that in your house? <coughs> anyway. no, but some people like those dolls. Like, my dad likes those dolls. Ugh. Like, they freak me out. Yeah, there's not, they're not right. Yeah. Anyway, you see demons. Right, they, it's it's there. I've not seen Conjuring, but I thought one of the key elements of this world, of the story of the Conjuring, is connected stories, is that you don't really see anything supernatural. Yeah, is that but the Conjuring, right? The Conjuring, no, you don't. I mean, like, uh, it's not. Yeah. There's some possession shit goes on. Yeah, yeah, there could just be somebody having a bad yeah, hair. You're not seeing anything that obviously supernatural. No, yeah. no, no. But there's, yeah, there's a seven foot tall demon in yeah. Right, like he's he's mid background, but right. he's there and he's standing right. There so in this bit. case, you actually see him. There's yeah. no doubt that this is. Yeah, supernatural yeah. shit. So, but when it does that, that's not the end of the movie. There's another twenty minutes to go, <laughs> and it goes from there straight back down to gear one again. Yeah, it's, and it's then a, it's a similar mistake as Insidious because in Insidious they did that as well. They showed their hand really quick. Yeah. Demon appears in daylight and shit, and then from then from then on, it's just like you just he's he, he kind of becomes like a Freddy Krueger character almost. Yeah, and we did right. that. It's kind of like The Exorcist. Yeah. You know, that's the second one. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the second. <coughs> Pazuzu, the demon, the, her, the heretic. No, I, I didn't see the heretic. I didn't see that. Pazuzu and what's his face? Uh, the the, the, uh, the Burton, Richard Burton. Richard Burton. Yeah. Richard Burton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he needed money for booze. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> so to finish up this review, from that point, then it goes to two places. It, there's two endings. There's two points where. It's my story, but <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, there's whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> There's two points where it could have pulled back, pulled back and fade to black. Yeah. And it would have been one of the darkest films of the decade. There's two points where it's going down a certain path. And you're like, if they ended it there, that would be one of those. And just like, boom. And then a a quick title card or something like that. That would have fucked people up. Right. Real bad. But no, they... They did not do that. They undo one of those things. They step away from the other one. And then they have a down pat happy end. Which is pointless in a horror movie. Right. Unless you're, that's, you know, you have it built up. To, it doesn't build towards that. You know what I mean? It's right. like, oh, yeah. what? Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, these days, I'm kind of disappointed if a horror film ends happily. Ha- happily. Yeah, I want everything to be the ring. It's like, hey, we did it! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that, Annabelle. So, yeah. But, and I, I was just like, oh, are you, I wish I watched it at home and just fast forward through those bits. There is a lot of tension. I will give it that. The scares are good. 
Finishing off my review heavy week, Luke Evans in Dracula, Dracula Untold. Untold. First of all, I hate that fucking title. It's the worst. I, I, I'm not, I'm not fond of any particular aspect of this film. I don't like the title. I like the, the poster's quite cool. The one of him on the, the yeah, the where the cape is the uh, yeah. the, the, the trailer the actually shows the the trailer shows all the, the not great moments. Really? Because yeah, there's, I, a moment, I there's a moment. Have you seen the trailer for this? No. There's a moment where Luke Evans in his armor climbs a cliff face and it's really oh, I hanging so. and he's got a big red cape on. It's like, ooh, dramatic. And, you know, it's like, that looks lame in the context of the movie as well. So he's Dracula. They've taken Dracula. I mean, just, just so Universal, Dracula remix. Universal Studios are looking to reboot their whole classic monsters yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is the first sure. first film in, in the new that canon. wasn't declared until recently because I did not know it was yeah, yeah. We, we, it was only yeah. recently announced because uh, Alex Kurtzman has been doing The Mummy he's yeah. working on The Mummy and then it was it was only I think just uh, within the last few days that uh, they released a statement saying that this Dracula film is connected yeah. to and that and having to that seen that canon. having seen that and seen those, those t- having uh, we talked about The Maze Runner and Signal a while ago and The Maze Runner like really like answers its question its, its question and then goes real hard set up the sequel this they're tiny hooks. They're barely there. Like, it closes at a point where you're like, oh, interesting, but it doesn't need to be, oh, you know, they're selling a sequel on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they, what they've taken is Bram Stoker's Dracula and, you know, the supposed Vlad Tepes Vlad, Vlad the, the Impaler. Impaler. Yeah. So he's already been Vlad the Impaler because they have this whole thing of the Turks took thousands of kids from Transylvania yeah. and raised them to be soldiers or janissaries. And they basically, they're born to, they won't they won't dare say no to anything. They yeah. just follow orders of the letter. Yeah, unsullied. Yeah, kind of. Unsullied. <laughs> Grey worm, no worm. Anyway, um, so he was he was essentially a royal hostage, and he grew up with Dominic Cooper, who was Mehmed II. He's the the king of the Turks or whatever, and he did his impaling, and the kind of it's you know he got his, he got his impaling out of when he was a lad. Get, you know, get that impaling out of the way. But they, they sell it in that it was a yeah, thing he did to scare the fuck out of people, so he wouldn't have to kill everyone in that town. Do you know what I mean? Right. He kind of sells it that way. And Luke Evans sells it. Luke Evans hasn't... He's a bit parts and things. He's a bad guy in Fast and Furious So he's preemptive. Yeah. He was like, right, if I just kill half the village, then I won't have to burn... I won't have to do this to the other 16 villages in this region. So he's... You know, that's his reckoning for him. And also he's no choice. He's going to lose his head. He doesn't work. Yeah. So he's got not all out of his way. He's retired to Transylvania. Transylvania is a small, no fucking army, anything like that. And the Turks come again. And he grew up with Dominic Cooper, who's playing Mehmed, and you know he should be able. Hope's trying to get away from him. It's like, no, no, one thousand and one, bring your son, bitch. Which you know, friends like these who need enemies. Mm-hmm. So he's fucked. There's no way to do anything. And happily, in the prologue to the show, he encountered something up in this horrible mountain, and he's like, and it moved, it wiped out two of his friends, and it moved faster than anything they ever seen before. And I was kind of crap. He thinks maybe there's hope here. And the creature he meets is Tywin Lannister, Charles Dance, who's basically doing that, but even more creepy. And he's great at it. Yeah. Now, Charles Dance is entering a really, really cool phase of his career where yeah. he's just like really enjoying. Ha- he's like a, he's like, he's like a, 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 like a more sinister, more subtle Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And so essentially this, the big spin here is that he has to, you know, there's two big spins on this. He willingly takes on the kind of evilness, but also he has a chance to regain his humanity. It's not like he does this and he's doing forever. There is a chance that if he... So it is an out at some point. There is an out. Is it love? No. Okay. It's more time-based and it's also more... It's, it's a temptation <laughs> thing. You know, you can pretty much guess what it is if someone says it is. But, you know, it's a temptation thing and he's got three days. Right. Like our Lord. Right. But there's a thing bounce that's like... 
I would argue to resist the Twinkies for three days. Even the same <laughs> um, Aaron Lord, Bill Murray. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, and Charles Dance can't leave that cave. So the whole thing, he'll get out in three days as well, which will unleash horror flowing shit in the world. So, this guy, Gary Shores is the director. He's an Irish director. He's never heard. He's done commercials. Mm-hmm. There's some skill there. There's like, when, when he wakes up, you hear this thudding noise. You don't know what it is. And like, his senses are, like, the way they show his powers coming on, it's a spider flinging webs around a fly. You right. know, so him actually seeing, hearing that and then focusing on that. There's cool little things like that throughout. Is it because his senses are His senses have, so have heightened. gotten better, have gotten yeah. heightened, you know, or is yeah. it, he's got, and now he has an aversion to silver as well that he has to watch out for. And Evan sells garlic. Yeah? Garlic. 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 No. Not so much not in yet. this. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Silver, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, so that's another thing. No, no, they more, take... no more ugly oleo. No. Can't be done. Can't be done. Yeah, <laughs> no more food. So they remix these things. Yeah, <laughs> they remix these things. It's like you know the silver is part of it. Um, his wife's not called Mina, but they managed to work in Mina in a way that's it's set up for a sequel, but it worked really well. And that's a prime example of oh, that's not Mina. Okay, I guess they're not doing that this one because we've had so many movies where they pick and choose what they want to do. But in this, they're like okay, we're okay. They're just ditching half this shit, but then it slowly creeps back in, and it's like oh, that's interesting. You know, it's it's constantly. Keeps yeah. on your toes. Right, because the reviews haven't been kind. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Um, on a level of an underworld, like the first underworld, where they seem to have so much potential. Right. It'd be not the third. So, underworld. so would you say it's on par with Underworld, or it's better than Underworld? I thought it was a little better. A little bit better than the first Underworld. Yeah, I mean, Luke Evans is really, really good. All his compatriots are just beards. You don't even fucking forget about those guys. <laughs> it's just like old beard, gonna die soon, beard, and um, protective beard. The Turkish guys get the vision, you can visually tell them apart, but there's nothing behind them. Even the cast, one of them, there's a blonde guy who's like a mid-level boss for the whole thing. His name in the cast is his bright eyes. That's it. He doesn't even get, a, he doesn't get referred to by name. And he's a guy who gets, almost gets killed once and comes back later. Like he's a, you know, mid-level boss. Right. So there's kind of, that's gone. But what, what you get by not having that is it's 97 minutes long. Which is absolutely the perfect amount of time to play in the vampire paddle pool, vampire paddle pool and get on with your life. And the ending of it does end in a way that you're like, oh, okay, I see where they're going with this Universal Monsters thing, and it sets it up. I quite liked how it did that. Because you didn't expect it. I thought, it's going to be dumb. Dracula's a hero. It's like, oh, that's how it goes south. Oh, we're not ending there? Because they could have, again, pulled back from Fate to Black. It's like, and now I've become a thing of darkness, you know? But they didn't do that. And then it cuts to another scene that's like, oh, okay. So, I really... Despite myself, I found it really enjoyable. And Paul K turns up, which is always good. Dennis Pennis. Oh, right. As a monk. And I'm like, that's Dennis Pennis. But now he's like, he's no longer Dennis Pennis. Now he's the, the English actor who was in Game of Thrones as a badass. That's true. Yeah. What did he play? What did he play? At he was one of the green men. You yeah. know those, the men wandering that the, who is it? Uh, the, the mountain and Arya run into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of, the, like, the, the hound, sorry, yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah. The, the guy, the guy, the kind of gorillas. In, uh, in the pub. No, not in the pub. The guys that they kind of run into are like the guerrilla warfare guys fighting against the Lannisters or something right, like that. Right, right. And they bring him to the cave with the guy who can't die. Right, right. right. He was the guy who can't die's mate. Right, got it. So he's he's playing that Paul K. He's not playing Dennis Pettis Paul K. Because Dennis Pettis Paul K. was a long time long, ago. Long, long time ago. So yeah, he crops up and he's got more He's got He imbues his character with more character than all those other guys combined. Um, but it's also got a nice thing with the bad guy in that they don't just give it, I am evil. You know, he is a bit of that, but he comes up with interesting ways to combat this new threat. He blindfolds his soldiers at one point. He's like, you never thought you would be able to handle a sword in this way. And, you know, you never thought you'd be able to march without 
with a blindfold, and it shows them all marching in step. They're all following because if they don't see Dracula turning into a flock of bats and flocking down them, they'll keep quiet. Right. So there's a couple of things like that where it's like, oh, okay, you know, you, I was maybe you need to go in with this movie. Expect, forget I said any of this. Go in expecting it to be dog shit, and then you'll enjoy it because it consistently upset the apple cart of my expectations, and I constantly enjoyed it. And there's there's one laugh in the whole movie. The rest of it's just unrelenting darkness. Cool. So I enjoyed it. Awesome. Ah, Jesus. And that concludes our massive review special. Our, uh, yeah. Our review of Danza. You need more water. I can't think of glasses now. Or a water cooler. Rounding up with the uh, top 10 box office results from uh, Malaysia and the US. In Malaysia, number 10, November Man. Any ideas? Nope. Number Prince 9, Madras. Number 8, Golden Brother. Number 7, A Walk Among the Tombstones. Number six, Outcast. Number five, Nazi Tangas. Number four, The Purge, Anarchy. Number three, Iron Man Knight. Number two, The Maze Runner. And number one, The Equalizer. You really saw that, right? Haven't seen, haven't seen that. Yeah, and it. in the US, number ten, Ninja Turtles. Number nine, Let's Be Cops. Number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're going to have to give, um, what they gave uh, James Gunn, the Infinity Stone on the plaque for getting to number one or whatever. They're going to have to give him just something bigger now because the amount of sheer money he'd make Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, a Walk Among the Tombstones. Number six, No Good Deed. Number five, Dolphin Tale 2. Number four, This Is Where I Leave You. Number three, The Box Trolls. Number two, The Maze Runner. And at number one, The Equalizer. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you made it this far, send us an email at podcast and the Fries and uh, remind us to do that earlier in the show next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Adios. Bye.